Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is July 26th, 2022, and this is episode 91. Well, for today's episode, I got the chance and opportunity to talk with Corey Peabody, Corey has really made a name for himself in an H1 Unlimited Racing the past year or two with his driving for Daryl and Vanessa Strong with Strong Racing. And I got the chance to talk to him at Strong Racing headquarters over in Kent, Washington. And before I talk about the interview, I just got to say I'm blown away by the shop that they have. It is, it's not your average boat racing shop. It is huge. It is big. It has some thought put into it. It's organized. There's some awesome areas for families and friends to hang out while you're watching people work on the boat. There's an engine room. There's a gearbox room. Things are organized. You can find parts. It looks first class for unlimited racing. It's so awesome to see that. Growing up in the 90s, I hung around some shops with my father and kind of grew up in some shops and then ended up working in some shops that were just nothing but glorified garages where the boat was crammed in it you barely had room to walk around the boat you couldn't really find parts and pieces because things were just thrown in the corner so it's awesome to see some straightforward thinking on an unlimited racing shop uh really blown away by how awesome that is i need to go over that because i want to talk about my interview with Corey, and it was an awesome interview you can tell Corey is a great stand-up guy really nice person to talk with and has some great ambitions in the sport. We got the chance to talk about many things. And in the first part of the interview today, you'll hear him talk about his longtime friendship with his friend, G. Michael Kelly, growing up and being a part of boat, having boat racing be a part of his friendship with him. And wind up in all places working on the same team as his friend, G. Michael. We went through with the beginning of his careers, going from outboard racings up to, to the ranks of inboards and up to that pinnacle of H1 Unlimited Racing. We talk about the loss of the COVID year, his start with Graham Trucking Racing, and even, of all things, karaoke. But before we listen to the interview, I will warn you, this was done at their shop in the headquarters there. It was in that nice lounge that is tied to the shop, so you might hear some background noises from people working on, on parts and pieces because they were trying to get that boat ready for Tri-Cities as they were making that transition of the 8 to the 9 for their high points chase for this year. So you might hear some tools and stuff in the background. And it was a hot day. We had the fan going, so just bear with us. It's, you won't notice it too much. Let's tune into part one of my interview with Corey Peabody. Well, I'm sitting here joined with Corey Peabody in the Strong Racing Headquarters over in Kent, Washington. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Just uh, hanging in there and it's hot out today, so just hanging in there and uh, working on boats. That's about it. So. Well, we're in the upstairs of the, the shop here, which is a nice little facility here. Unfortunately, no AC in it because it's connected to the shop. Yeah. But that's all right. It's got a good view of everyone working down there yeah so. yeah yeah it's a great place we we built it so the wives could get out on that deck and overlook and watch everybody work so nice. kind of the family area so you know we can have the kids over here at the kid place and us right here the wives right here and watching us work and makes it easy for us to come down and shop a lot yeah. so that's well, why we did it 
It's an awesome setup you have here. I'm, I'm used to hanging out. When I was a kid, I was hanging out in shops mm -hmm. that were very much disorganized and I had to have a lot of supervision because I would, I would get into things I shouldn't have. So it's cool to see this here. Yeah, always had that 10 millimeter in your pocket. Yeah, everybody's always needing a 10 millimeter. <laughs> Not here, but you know, like, it seems like every toolbox is missing a 10 millimeter. You were that kid with the 10 millimeter. I, I probably was. I was. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that's really cool about your team here is it's a two boat team. Yeah. You have two drivers, mm -hmm. and I feel like you have a close relationship with Jay Michael. Yeah. Have you really known him for, for a long period of time? Yeah, we we have actually gone to school together since kindergarten. So yeah. we went every grade together. Well, I take that back. I moved I stayed I moved with my mom for two years in third and fourth grade. So I went to a school down the street from our other school and then I moved back in with my dad. So fifth so kindergarten through second we went to school together and then fifth through Graduating high school, we went to school together. We just wow. lived ten houses apart. So, wow. yeah, so long time. Yeah, long, long time. Well, it's awesome you can uh, continue your friendships and mm. and share this adventure yeah. with one another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you? I mean, since you're doing high planes with him now, have you always been following the sport of high plane racing? Uh, not like the unlimiteds and stuff. When I was younger, I just uh, grew up. You know, I grew up going to the races with him. Yeah. And. Uh, going helping on the outboards and stuff like that so i followed the outboards and then i also followed some of the inboards um but uh i mean you knew about the, the budweiser's and all that mm -hmm. stuff but you know i didn't it wasn't like something i was really involved in like being a part of or something like that but i just i just did the outboards and followed the inboards and that was kind of my thing until i started owning my own boats and then i started getting more involved and you know, uh, mm -hmm. all boat racing as a whole. Okay. Well, when when did you start racing? Uh, 1998. Okay. Um, so 1998, uh, I went to we went to Scutney Reservoir for the Seattle Outboard Association race, and Mike and his dad Jeff let me run one of their A Hydros, and that was my first experience in a boat, Scutney Reservoir. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's been 24 years. Of racing? Did I do the math right? We'll go with that. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, did you? It sounds like you weren't much into high, unlo, un, the unlimited class no. growing up. But was no. there any drivers or racers that you really kind of followed, other than your friend Jay Michael um, in outboards or the other? I like Terry Troxel and the Stinger. Yeah, that's what I like. That boat was crazy. Yeah. That boat was so cool. Yeah, that boat was so cool. And. uh that was kind of the boat I really liked to watch at the inboard race. That made me follow inboard. That was just, watching that boat was insane. So I liked that boat. And then uh, the outboards, it was, um, I liked watching the D-stock hydros. There's John Steen that was super fast in the D-stock hydros. And, um, you know, Mike. And then uh, another one that I really liked watching race was uh, Denny Paola. He, uh, he was a sea runabout guy. Okay. And watching sea runabouts is so much fun because they're just kites, and just he was an older guy, but he was just super fun. Mm -hmm. And so I really like watching Denny. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Maybe were you following Unlimiteds when Terry made the crossover to racing in that class? Uh, that's when I kind of started paying attention to him, mm -hmm. really. Uh, so you know, Jeff had moved here from uh, Michigan. Michigan, and uh, we all became friends me Mike and Jeff and that's kind of how it started out for me it was like 
going with the going to the unlimiteds with with Jeff and watching the Terry with the the Leland stuff and then mm-hmm. watch him get better rides it was it was cool so um that's kind of when I started following and paying attention to the unlimiteds but it was uh I was a late bloomer I guess you could say <laughs> you know a lot of these guys in boat racing they're second third and fourth generation I'm right. first generation buddy uh-huh. you know so <laughs> it, it worked out but you know I'm not not a not a long-term boat racer like a lot of these people. <laughs> I want to be in it long-term, but you know. Well, that's the that's the thing you want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. That's want to hear that you're gonna be a long-term. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, talk a little bit more about racing outboards. So you started in '98. Yep. And uh, kind of where did things evolve with that? Well, I started in '98 doing the A Hydro, and then I think that same year I think I bought. Uh, a sea hydro from Mike's uncle, Uncle Pat, and uh, I would run sea hydro with it, and then just kind of a ball from there. I like the sea, and then I got a D hydro. I bought a D hydro and was running D, really like D, um, which is like an 85 mile an hour kneel down is, boat. Is that the one where you're like laying down and looking up? Um, that that, well, you can in D. A lot of pe- some okay. people lay down. That's mine was a kneeler, okay. so um, it was a it was a, a hemp. D stock hydro was crazy fast. It was so fast. It was a it was yeah. an awesome boat. I wish I still had it actually, but I wouldn't drive it. I just have it. Right. Um, and then I like D mod. D mod was another class I got involved in, which was which was fun, you know. And then I got to drive for some people, Russ and Sue Bercher. They gave me some rides, and that was a lot of fun. And um, still, Mike's uncle, he let me run his C hydro and stuff like that. And then uh, I eventually got into. Um, Dean Hobart let me drive his uh, 45 for a little bit, and that was fun. And I got into the, I really like the pro boats, the, the 5, 7, and 1100 capsule boats. And I ran those for one season, but the, the problem with those is um, their closest race was to Pew, Illinois. So oh. it doesn't really make sense, yeah. you know. So I, I had that, and I had this grand dream of, bringing the class here and it it didn't work out and that's okay but they're really cool little they look like tunnel boats but they got a little methanol burning 500 or 700 or on they just they're so fast yeah. so they're, they're they're so cool i wish people would get into them around here because i would get into it now if people would um yeah. but it's just not a thing around here that that's okay so when that whole thing went you know to the side my wife and i decided to get a an inboard and mm-hmm. so we got into the one liter mod class and bought a one liter mod had a lot of success with it it was a good time and we decided we wanted to build our own boat build a new boat so we sold that boat and uh built a new one and sold it before we ever even raced it you know <laughs> i tested it a few times but we're just so busy with all the kids and stuff it just wasn't it just wasn't gonna happen. Like yeah. when I do something, I I do it and I get after it and I put time and resources and all that stuff into it. And it was just my kids are getting older. They're getting into cheerleading. My my both my girls are all star cheerleaders and just the travel with that and you know being a dad of three and trying to put it at that level that I wanted to. Just yeah. you know at that point I was crewing for. Mike on the Unlimited and helping out that, so it was just like, let's take a step back and 
we'll just do the crew and unlimited thing for a, a while. So okay. that's kind of how everything came about. Okay. So. Well, we'll get to the year 2016 and you qualify as an unlimited driver. Mm -hmm. How did the opportunity come about for you? I was crewing for Mike on Ted Porter's team. Uh, Ted Porter owned the team. Rob Graham sponsored. Uh, and Mike just talked to Tom and Tom Anderson and uh, Ted Porter and he said he would give up some seat time for me to try and get me qualified and they agreed and I went out in Tri-Cities. I ran some laps there in the 5, which is now the 12. We, uh, we decided to uh, get me some more laps so I uh, got to drive the, the 7 which is now it's still, oh, it's still seven, but uh, so I got some laps in that, and then that year uh, Ted decided he wanted to run three boats in Detroit, mm -hmm. so they brought out the 57 and let me finish my laps there and get my heats in. And uh, after that weekend, I was fully qualified, so nice. that's kind of how it started. You know, it all started from being a crew guy and sticking your nose out there and be like, pick me, pick me, you know, so <laughs> it worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, a lot of the stories start that way, right? Doing all yeah. the hard, dirty work to yeah. kind of get your, your face recognized and you, get the opportunity. You got to be around the people, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, there's a ton of amazing drivers out there, but, you know, the, the hard part about getting here is, one, most of the boats are here in Seattle, and not all the best drivers are here in Seattle, you know, but, you know, there's guys on the other side of the country that deserve a ride, you know, yeah. but there's, the hard part is there's only so many of these boats, and, and people who are here get recognized because they're here working on them and stuff right. like that, so it's, it's unfortunate because there's some insanely good drivers out there that yeah. would be awesome to have in the, in the sport, so. Oh, yeah, there would be for sure. Oh, yeah. Saw some of those last weekend in Valley Field, right? Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of other places back east there, as well. There's a lot, you know. <clears throat> I mean, Bobby Kennedy would be... I'd love to see him in one of these. He's... I think he'd be freaking awesome yeah. in one of these boats. Yeah, he's... Yeah, Brandon, his cousin, he'd be good too. But I like Bobby. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like Bobby a lot. So. Well, maybe one day he'll be racing. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, and, and three years later, 2019, mm -hmm. Rob Graham, do you remember if we bought, purchased from Porter the year before, or that year? Kind of times a blur for me with, with that, those few years there. But um, he had, he bought one boat from Porter, but he decided to have a two boat team. Yeah. And he kind of consolidated some of the, the equipment from Leland. And he ran the U98 Graham Trucking, American Dream boat. And so you got a chance to race alongside your current teammate, yeah, uh, J. Michael Kelly, uh, once again for your official rookie season, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, that's probably a little bit more meaningful, right? In U98, you started racing in 98 yeah. originally. So it's, it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. Um, yeah, Rob, Rob bought the boat in uh, 2017. Well, he campaigned the boat as an owner in 2017. Mm -hmm. I believe he bought it at the end of the 2016 season. Um, and then they ran it for the 2017 season. And then he bought in 2018, I think. And then, yeah, he bought the 98. And uh, I got the call from Tom and Rob to come down and help if, it, if I'd be interested. And yeah, you know, why not? So, I mean, it's yeah. 
an opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I took it and we put together a crew and worked, 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 worked to get it ready and took it down to Gunnersville and started running some laps in it. You know, it was a it was a great experience and very thankful to all the, to Rob and his family and Tom Anderson and mm-hmm. you know all the Graham guys, you know Jerry and all those guys. So it was it was good, you know, because I'd raced with them before when I crewed on the Graham team. So mm-hmm. we brought a couple more guys, but it it was a good time, you know. I'm very thankful. I mean, it got me here. Yeah. So it's 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 been fun, you know. It it'd be nice for a it's a nice boat to get people into the sport, you mm-hmm. know, but you got to be able to uh, justify putting it on the water, you know, they're not cheap to, to do, no. and, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it was a good thing that Rob was able to do it, and it was nice that he was, uh, we had the two boats, because we, we, we didn't have very good boat count back then, so right. being able to put another boat on the water was good, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was definitely a good thing for the sport. Yeah. For sure. But reflecting back on that rookie season, mm-hmm. can you think of like one valuable lesson that you that was your takeaway? Just be patient, you know. Be patient, you know. We want to, we want the moon first, and I, you know, I, I'm, I. You always want more and more okay. and more and more, you know. So just being patient and going through the steps and just working hard to get where you want to go, and that's what I did. So I mean, just to learn the patience and. Just keep clawing at what you want. <laughs> All right. So. All right. Well, I think it was a successful year for for you. I think you finished fifth in, yeah. in high points. So. Yeah. 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 Just consistent. Yeah. You know, capitalize on people's mistakes and when people jump the gun and you just, you don't and you get your points and, you know, it went out there. It, it did what it needed to do and that that's that's great. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the result. It was a great it was a great experience, yeah. you know. It wasn't the fastest thing in the world, and it wasn't, you know, we weren't going to go set the world on fire, but we got our laps, and we helped the sport, and there's really nothing else you can ask for at that point. So yeah. I'm happy. Definitely. Well, that same year in the, in the Columbia Cup, I remember I was walking around the pits. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, and I saw this award, this trophy, yeah. in front of your boat. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the fist, the, the, the microphone, with the yeah, fist, the yeah. microphone, the voice yeah. award. Tell me about that. Was that some sort of karaoke event contest? Yeah. So Daryl, I hadn't met Daryl and Vanessa, <laughs> and they were sponsoring the twenty one at the time, and they put an invite out to all the teams to come to their karaoke party. So we were like, all right. So our team went, and you know they had a drivers uh, karaoke contest, and so everybody sang, and I sang Ice Ice Baby. Brooke, Brooke Tyler picked it out. He's like, sing the song. I'm like, all right. So we went up there and did it and won the little contest. And that's how I met Daryl and Vanessa. You know, it was a very brief meeting, but that's that's how that was my first meeting of them was at their little one of their shops and where he runs one of his businesses out of. And that's that, that's where I met him. Yeah, that's a memorable uh, first impression there. It, it worked out really yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> really well. <laughs> well, before we go back to about, talking about boats. Who was your biggest competition on the on the mic? Driver wise, or yeah, just all together? Um, probably Dustin Eccles. Okay. Yeah, okay. probably. He was I he was pretty that. good. He yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. 
I can see him belting the country song. He was doing a country song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember which one it was, but he, he did it pretty good. But anyone out, Johnny Johnny Walker, Johnny Love, you know, mm-hmm. he was really good singing. But he's not a driver, but he really likes doing karaoke, so yeah. he was up there all the time singing. It was hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, along comes 2020, and when COVID happens, cancels pretty much everything, right? Yeah. I mean. It, couldn't really do anything that summer right um, how hard was that for you to not race it, it nobody else could do it so you're just like eh, well but you just want to get out there and do stuff you know yeah. so we we did what we could on stuff and that's that's really it I mean I, I can't change what happened so it wasn't like holding my head down or anything if, if we can't go we can't go so it, it was it was hard in a way, but at the same time, it's, you know, it gave us time to, we were with Graham at that time, mm-hmm. so it gave us time to really work on the 12, and uh, so it was just nose down, and trying to get that thing fixed, and looking good, and trying to strip some weight off of it, and mm-hmm. so built some new parts for it like that, so it, in one sense, it, bummer we're not racing, but in the other sense, we were getting a lot done, okay. so and just getting stuff done is it's kind of a relief because you're oh we have extra parts over here we mm-hmm. have this done and all this stuff that we wanted to do we actually got to do yeah. so instead of man i wish we did this and i wish we did that so it was it was nice in that sense to to, to get all that stuff done it was a sense of relief on you know being going into the season when we could race prepared right but i didn't go into the season prepared because other opportunities came about but I was gonna say you didn't see all your hard work no but that's okay you know it it was there and you know it it's that's all right yeah that's all right it's not always about that it's at least it was a great boat so yeah it still is great boat. yeah it wasn't well things did change for you right um, Daryl Strong purchased a few teams Mm -hmm. purchased the Jones Racing outfit and Mm -hmm. most of Elstrom's equipment Mm -hmm. started a two-boat team and you're racing alongside your friend again, mm-hmm. Jay Michael Kelly. So what did it mean for you to, to switch camps again, or switch camps, but to be doing that with your friend once again? It's great. I mean, it, when, when this first started, it wasn't going to be a two-boat team. You know, Daryl called me, and we had a plan on what we wanted to do. And I, I said I would drive for him. And, um, you know, our first plan didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. So, you know, we went to plan B, and plan B worked out really good, which was getting the nine boat and all that mm-hmm. stuff and uh you know it wasn't until a little bit later where you know he decided well i think we could do two boats i'm like all right well it's a lot of work you know there's <laughs> a, this is a, these are these are not this is a lot of work a lot of there's a lot that needs yeah. to go into it and he was all in you know all on board with getting the facility big enough to do two boats and just you know his attitude was we want to do two first place boats and we want to do it really well like, all right you know so it worked out and he that elstrom boat was in jones's shop and so we saw it all the time you know and so that that was the move he decided to make and we got it and you know we were thinking about drivers and you know i can I can race with Mike. I know I've known him forever, so it's easy, mm-hmm. and I know him, and he knows me, and we get along real well. So 
that was kind of her candidate, but he had a lot going on in life at that time. That was when Angela had her aneurysm, so it wasn't really the time to... We didn't really talk about it, you know, because what was going on in his life, but um, when he was <clears throat> down there in Arizona, he stayed with her the whole time when this was there. I think he was there like 12 weeks. And uh, I flew down nine out of those 12 weeks and was just kind of hanging out with him so he wasn't by himself. And so I would stay with Daryl and I'd stay with him and um, we just all kind of gained this relationship, you know, and it just kind of very organically happened that, you know, all oh, I have this ex-boat, next boat, and, you know, is it interesting to you? And he's, you know, it wasn't like a forced thing, you know, so it was yeah. just, you know, some people have their opinions on how it happened, but it was just, it just was natural. Yeah. And, so you know, we wanted to race again together, right. and we had two fast boats, so, um, I mean, here we are. You can look out the windows and see them, so, well, one of them. The other one's on the other side of the shop all busted up, but, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. It, it, it was great. It was good to have him back, and I'm excited to go racing again. Awesome. Well, I just love hear, hearing like how like kind of tight-knit things here mm -hmm. are, right? So it takes a lot of trust to have two drivers on a, on a team together with that, mm -hmm. but it's awesome to hear how close, not just Daryl, but the, the team is, right? Yeah. So going through a lot of hardships and a lot of fun times as well together. Yeah. Are you enjoying the interview and want to hear more? Want to hear Corey talk about his first eliminated victory last year in Tri-Cities, Washington? Maybe his Gold Cup victory? Or the experience of his flip that he had earlier this month? We're going to have to wait. Tuesday, August 2nd, we will drop part two of our interview with Corey Peabody. So until then, hopefully I'll see you over in Tri-Cities, Washington for the Columbia Cup. If you can't make it, because I know it's going to be hot, the forecast is calling for over 110 degrees in Tri-Cities. So make sure you hydrate if you go. If not, you can enjoy the live streaming online. And until then, I will see you at the races.